Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome back listeners to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for assistants everywhere. And Joe and I are delighted to be back with you for another episode. Now, this episode is coming to you on 11th of October, uh, although we are recording it on the 23rd of September. And when it airs, I will be in Florida, uh, staying with our daughter and son-in-law and their two little ones, Rosie and Max. Uh, Joe will be in the UK and our guest is in the UK today, but more about our guest a bit later. And uh, in fact, I'm going to be there for three weeks. So there'll be three episodes going out while I'm in the States, although we won't be rec- And we're going to be recording stuff while I'm in the States, Joe. That's quite fun, isn't it? Yeah, that's going to be um, really interesting, isn't it? Doing a, the time difference, the locations. Mind you, we're quite used to that now. And yeah. we have had three locations in the past where we've had... UK, Israel, and Europe. Yeah, so, so yeah, it, it should be, you know, all, all good, all good for that. And uh, I'm actually in the process today of booking meeting rooms so that I can record in peace and quiet because at, at uh, Elizabeth's house, um, they have two small children. There's Rosie, who will be three in December, uh, and she is out at nursery during the day. But then they have Max, who we were there for his birth last September. So he's just one. And they have a nanny. And the nanny and Max will be around all day during the day. Uh, we're not looking after them full time. We're going to spend quality time with them. And uh, so we'll be around. So we don't, I can't guarantee that it will be the right kind of environment for recording. And also they're in a rented house. Uh, and my son-in-law works from home as well. And I know that for him, the internet doesn't always hold up and he's only remote working to New York. So um, I think it's just gonna be better if if I go out somewhere to an office. So that's my job for today in between all the other things that, that we're doing. So what have you been doing since we last had a chat, Joe? Oh gosh, um, really interesting project with a, a charity for their, their GDPR processes, and um, I've been doing a little bit of analysis for a company. It's a, a sort of a short term, few weeks. They just wanted a plug a gap and a friend said to me can you help me out there's too much for me on my own so um yeah it's been really interesting I've been learning huge amounts about um data analysis um yeah very interesting work yeah right up your street that is isn't yeah it? yeah <laughs> right up your all that street. techie all that kind of techie and analytical stuff I love it and it and it's great because it's just a, a short-term sort of fill the gap and I can fit it in so it's great that that's brilliant so what have I been doing since we last spoke well I've delivered two webinars in the last couple of weeks I last week I delivered one on excel uh yesterday last night I delivered a word uh, uh, I put my teeth in today <laughs> I will deliver I did no I won't I won't <laughs> I delivered a webinar 
on Word last night, which is quite good because our guest today is the wonderful Dee Fag, and she is a Word wizard. She is a document formatting wizard. So it kind of leads nicely into introducing her. But my webinar was for a company called Smart Events International. I do uh, one webinar a month for them, one on Excel, one on Word. Uh, really interesting to see what people don't know. Uh, that always fascinates me. Things that I think are self-evident or automatic. Yeah. Um, but I forget that, sometimes I forget that when I first started training, everybody was sent on training courses because it was so new. Mm. You know, Word was in its, Office was in its infancy. The internet was only just about taking off. 1998, we're talking. And so everybody was sent, you went, you got a job with a company and you were sent on a training course, but that doesn't happen now. You're expected to know this stuff, which is why programs like my programs are really great because you can take that responsibility for your own learning and learn that stuff to improve your own skill set and get a better job uh, or a better paid um, contract um, because you've got the skills for it. So I'm really excited to talk today because I love uh, I love all things office, as you know, because that's what I do. Uh, and uh, she's somebody that you introduced, isn't yes. she? Yes. Yeah, I've known Dee, oh gosh, quite some time. I can't remember, but I met her um, at a, a sort of VA networking, very informal cup of tea in a cafe um, through Kathy Salisbury, who we've had as a guest uh, yeah. previously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's lovely to have Dee coming along yes gonna be good I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about uh, find out how she got to, to love what she does and do what she does and uh, and then we'll be back in a couple of minutes we better go and cue her up and get on to the next segment so see you in a minute welcome back listeners and we now have the wonderful Dee Fag with us and uh Dee, as Joan was mentioning before, uh, Joan mentioned that, that she met you a little while ago at a networking event. So it's the first time I'm meeting you. So it's really lovely to meet you. And, uh, and I understand that you're a bit of a, um, a formatting word person, that that's kind of where your superpower lays. Yes. Yes, uh, years ago, I worked in a training team and uh, I was delivering training. And then I realised I don't enjoy that so much, but I love the tinkering. So um, creating the PowerPoint presentations and the handout guides that go with it, that's where I started to uh, come into my own. Um, so, yes, when I retired, uh, retired, took redundancy. <laughs> I wish I'd retired. Uh, when I took redundancy and started my business, I really wanted to make sure that I'd got document work in there. Um, and it's, it's my um, focus now to mostly do uh, document creation and titivation and zhuzhing. So, yes. Oh, yeah. lovely. I like that word. Zhuzhing. Lovely. Great word. Zhuzhing. That's, that's great. That's great. So, uh, so you mentioned you, you were training. You started off as a trainer. How did that come about? Yeah, so um, I left university overqualified and underexperienced um, and so worked in a call centre um, and having spent some time, well, in conferencing, putting people into conference calls um, on the phone at the time, um, I then decided I wanted to do more of the training side of things. So I was working with 
um, lots of um, young, uh, trendy foreign people coming to London, wanting an exciting life and working in a call centre. Yeah. Um, so it was a really vibrant place and we had a huge turnover of staff, mm. but it was a place that I could um, just sort of um, get involved with people and help them along uh, sort of to um, find their feet and, and find, a, you know, uh, their place within the, the company. Um, and from there, that's when I started to sort of move more into the uh, creation of documents and things. Of course, it's a really great place to actually meet people and um, sort of really discover who you are and who you want to be in work. Um, it was a big corporate company um, and I spent 17 years with them. So wow. I learned a lot about business um, and it's really I find the contrast fantastic that I'm now working on my own and working with other businesses who are small to medium or you know singletons to small mm. um, and sort of looking at how the big corporate businesses do it compared to how the individuals do it is really interesting yeah yeah what do you find the most uh, the biggest contrast um so I think when you're a small business you're very focused on um, you and your small team or your virtual team and that direct relationship with your client and I yeah. think that's really nice because you can properly understand them and give them a service whereas a big corporate they're working on such a large scale that they can't keep everyone happy um, but <laughs> there's a lot there about planning um, risk assessment um, strategy that sort of thing that when you start as a singleton business person you don't necessarily understand and you don't you don't have all the skills know all of the departments yeah. to be able to master everything um so yeah it, it's both ends of the scale really it's very interesting that's brilliant that's that's re that's really really brilliant joe have you got any questions to kick us off with d I would say to Dee and ask Dee, what are her top tips for laying out documents so that they do look smart and, yeah, things like proposals. We all create proposals. What are the top tips for making them look amazing to wow our customers? So I think um, when you're putting something together, it's very easy to become very wordy, um, maybe go into too much detail, um, sort of, I must say this and I must say that. And I'm, what I would suggest is put yourself in the position of the person reading it. What do they want to know? What's the most important thing for them? And also, how do they want to receive the information? Because I get lots of long text documents that, really aren't interesting at all how do you pick out the salient points how do you say this is the thing I want you to know and here's a bit more detail about it so I think it's about um making interesting for the reader but making it relevant to them as well mm. that's really great really really good tip um I mean obviously I teach people how to use all the different parts of word and powerpoint all day long which I love doing um, and my proposals, I worked with somebody who helped me structure my what I call my booking terms, mm. which effectively is a proposal. 
And basically, it's the price. <laughs> they want to know how much it's going to cost them, when it's going to be delivered, how many sessions they're going to be from my perspective, and then what the learning outcome, what they're going to be able to do at the end of it. And the rest is detail. Um, so yeah, th those, like that, yeah, that's what mine looks like. So, it's on. like the newspaper, isn't it? You start with the headline. Yeah. And then you put like the, the next important part. And if you've read all the way to the bottom of the article, it's the really, you know, the little detaily bits that some people want to read to, yeah. but other people are, are already sold at, you know, the second paragraph. Yeah. 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 And um, a lot of people do their proposals in PowerPoint now, which I think is quite a good way of doing them because PowerPoint is such a visual medium. And it makes you strip out all the verbiage that you could put yeah. into a word proposal. Um, so you mentioned you do those as well. You do PowerPoint presentations as well. Um, I do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Anything really that um, companies want to um, visually put out to people that I can make sure is branded, is reflecting them and their company, um, and is something that the end reader wants to see. So PowerPoint presentations, and um, whether they're to go as like a, a proposal or something, or to be presented. So yes. I work quite a lot with trainers. Um, um, white papers and um, reports that are intended to be sent for someone to sit and read or infographics and things that go on social media. So, you know, the sort of thing that people see um, to, to, you know, hook them in to want to know more. Yeah, I love infographics and I love PowerPoint uh, for doing it. Yeah. So, uh, it's just so easy, isn't it? It's, uh, Absolutely. You don't need a third party tool. You've got everything there. Sorry, sorry, listeners, I can't help it. I really can't. <laughs> you are I listening. Agree. I'm a Microsoft geek. <laughs> you are listening to my podcast. So that's it. You've got me. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? No, that's that's really good tips. So if you're if you're doing um for one of the your trainer clients or a business, anybody really that has a proposal, you mentioned proposal and a handout to go with it. So I would often um depending, so for the webinar that I presented last night. Um, the how-to steps for everything that I, because I deliver live, so I show the screen live, so it was Word, so it was like, this is how you do it, but I had the screenshots and the how-tos in the PowerPoint to back it up, so that was one kind of presentation, which is kind of effectively the handout as well, um, but sometimes you have a workbook that goes along with your presentation, um, in lots of not just trainers, lots of businesses will will work like that. So how do you make sure that they reflect the branding and everything across the two? And I know the answer, but I'm asking. <laughs> so I think it's it's all about um, the logo and the consistency with the way the logo looks, the way the company puts themselves across. But also, I want to know the values of the company. You know, because if they're a serious company, then it doesn't have to be boring, but it does have to have that level. But if they're more fun, then you can put more fun elements in. Um, and I think the point of the brand is that you're talking to your audience. So you yeah. want that to be reflected because the audience then will see that and, and the right audience will be brought in by the right branding, the right um, feel, the right voice yeah. within that document. Yeah, so I, I think, think it's really important to know that company and, and where they're coming from. I think that's really good that you're talking about the brand being the tone of voice as well as colours and the logo and everything yeah. else. 
Joe, you were going to say something. Sorry, well, I was I going to say you. it's it's also um, it's it's also about the consistency, isn't it, Dee? Because you know. Uh, it's the logo, the tone of voice that you use on your website that then continues through to your proposal or your workbook or your white paper or your whatever. So that wherever that ends up, you know, and somebody might share that white paper, your brand is always recognisable. The colours, the tone, the voice, the, the style, everything is Absolutely consistent, right. isn't it? Yeah. Across yeah. The, the broadest range. And and in our social world as it is, you, you know, yes, we all track it, but you never know where that is mm -hmm. going to be seen or heard or read, you know, so that's quite an important element of what you do, isn't it? Absolutely. But I'd go a step further. I'd say we spend a lot of time on the brand that we present to the world. Mm. But if you're a team or a, a mm. medium sized company, you have staff. Yeah. then you're saying to them this is our brand this is our values yeah. but here's a scrappy word document I haven't bothered to put any effort into it that's not right yeah. the team want to know that they're part of a team they want to feel valued and if they're seeing that brand and they're seeing that reflected consistency through everything that they use then they're involved in it that they're bought yeah. into it and everything that they do then reflects it as well it's it is the consistency of of everything yeah. yeah that that's brilliant i um worked for uh, about from 2002 until july 2019 when i left the uk because uh, i'm based in israel and uh, i don't know if you knew that day but i'm based in israel so i'm two hours ahead but uh, so from 2012 to 2002 to 2019 i worked with the heritage lottery fund and I was there in how one of their, you know, freelance, but as if I was part of the company. And right at the beginning, um, one of the first things that we were training, there was another trainer with me, uh, were, were styles and making sure that the whole, the whole of the, the fund used the same style. I mean, at the time it was horrible with Guild Sands, which you can't read, in my opinion. It's a very spindly font. But that was, they'd paid um, uh, a lot of money to some, whoever it was at the time, to, they've rebranded since. But there was a glossy magazine. It was like a magazine, it was a glossy book which was all about the house style. And it was all about the colors that they should be using, the logos, yeah. when to use this logo, when to use that logo, how to address their letters, when they should be friendly, when they should be more formal. It was, it was a real eye opener. I'd never seen something like this before. And it's informed everything that I do really ever since, because it was just so brilliant because everybody that worked there knows exactly what's expected of them um, and how they are presenting um, the, the, the charity, because it's a charity, it's not a charity, it's a public body, how they're presenting it to their clients, their suppliers, the cons real consistency. Yeah. So would you, would you say that even a small business should create kind of a brand guideline? Even a singleton person who thinks they know how they want to present actually should just write that down and say you know these are the colors I use these are the terms I use this is how I want people to see my business and then as you grow you share that with other people and then everyone in the team has that understanding they know that message and then they can reflect it so yeah absolutely just 
start small, just, you know, make a few notes, but to have the full, I, a lot of graphic designers will provide a full style sheet yeah. that says, as you say, this is the logo to use in this instance, this is the one for that, this is, you know, the colour palette and, and how it should be applied. Um, I do work quite a bit, actually, with graphic designers who do the logo and yeah. uh, styling, and then I take it and put it into a, a usable living document. So, you know, companies, they want the logo to be creative, but they also want to be able to use it in a form in the business every day. So that, you know, taking that and working with it is, is really important. And, and knowing that whole styling is so helpful for me to make sure that that's yeah. reflected. Yeah, in the totally, business. totally, mm. totally. Joe? Over to you. Uh, well, uh, uh, this is kind of straying into areas that I don't really go. You know, it's it's like, <laughs> it's kind of talking about design and layout and stuff like that. And I, it's it's kind of it feels like a bit of a nemesis. I totally get the whole brand guidelines. I've got a set, you know, um, and and I made. I spoke to the designer and I got her to make it as simple and as straightforward um, and, and really, really streamlined it so that um, I could actually understand it and work with it. Because I think this is the this is the other thing is that um, long, long time ago when I first started out, I'd had a logo and there was like, hundreds of colors and there was and it was all very complicated and I'm just not that way inclined right so then when I went through a rebrand process I said to the brand designer I said look I said don't give me something with hundreds of colors and lots of options because I've just get like a rabbit in headlights so I have sort of three or four colors. I use them. I know exactly the title goes in that color. This is my accent color. This goes here and it just works brilliantly. Um, and I have followed guidance from Shelley and I have a style sheet on both PowerPoint and um, Word. And I've, I've kind of put my default colours in Excel so I don't have to think about it ever again. And it's brilliant. But, but that's, that's it. It, goes. It, it means that you have the logic that says, you know, this is the main colour. Yeah. So the audience knows this is the main thing because yeah. that's the headline colour. Yeah. And then you've got your other. So it, it, it helps the reader because yeah. they got it laid out simply they've got a simple color palette yeah if they had hundreds of colors they'd be just as confused as you yeah, yeah. and, and the the other thing that I think it, it's really really important is that um I received um a proposal not so long back um for a, a piece of work I was going to get some help with um from a very creative designy type person and I could not read it now she clearly has this most incredible color palette and it really does pop um but using something like magenta pink to as your main font text color and and on white for somebody like me who's my sight is a little on the tricky side at times. Um, I, I just couldn't read yeah. it. And I actually had to go back to her and say, can you just put it in black text? <laughs> so that's another learning point in terms of styling your documents. You may have 
a, an array of colours, but think about how it's going to be received and read. You know, it's not just the voice and the tone and the content, but how are you styling it for somebody to read and things like bullet points and, and all of those kinds of things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The layout, as well as the colouring, will tell people where to look and how to go. But if it's um, overpowering with colouring, that can be putting uh, off-putting. Um, my husband actually is uh, red-green colourblind. And, uh, you know, things mm. like that, that you don't necessarily consider if, it do, if it's not something that, you know, you see, um, can be a problem for other yeah. people. So it is being aware of, you know, the audience reading it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a, it's a big push now and, and it's available across all of office. Um, you have the accessibility checker and yes. you can check whether things are accessible to everybody. And we need to be very much aware of visual impairment. Um, and visual impairment can be very minor or quite broad. And also you have things like screen readers so I've worked with people who listen to their documents. They don't read them, they listen to them. So things like alt text or alternative text on images, tables, charts need to be added. It's a real faff when you're doing it, but it's not for you. It's for making your documents accessible to other people. And that's, that's, that's really important too. And um, I did some work with a, a charity, um, oh, must've been about eight years ago. Uh, and they were um, a charity for people with special needs. And they wanted to teach some of their users some basic rudimentary computer skills. And I had to do a lot of reading up on dyslexia and visual stuff. Um, so that I could present all of my materials in the most user-friendly way to them. And I learned things like an off-white background is easier to read on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not sharp, sharp black text, maybe blue text, dark blue on that off-white might be easier to read. So it's, it's all of those things that we need to take into account too. Yeah. So, uh, Where did your um, love of documentation, was it just coming from that training background or have you done some training on it, you know, from a designy point of view or? Hmm, good question. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I've looked a bit at um, brands and design and how um, different things can appeal to people without... You, often you don't realize how you're being pulled into something but um just sort of having the same alignment through a, throughout a document actually appeals to the mind yeah. without realizing you're looking at it and you're going if that's centered and that's left why is that centered and what's not right about it and that kind of um the psychology in your mind trying to work out why something doesn't feel right it really appeals to me um I don't know I just like things to be nice I um I'm a shocker for watching other people's presentations and thinking there's an extra space in there why is why have they got an extra space in there <laughs> and then I'm not listening anymore because I'm like yeah OCD freaking out about the space <laughs> so it, it's just I want I, I like things to be right um and I like to be able to help other people to get that message across and I think um some people don't see it don't see it as a problem mm. but I know that there are some people <laughs> that do see it <laughs> and therefore 
good not just yeah, me yeah. but but the people that see it are then like switched off so yeah. you're not appealing to that audience anymore and just because it's not something that matters to you doesn't mean you shouldn't make sure it's right for your business because it you might to matter sure to appeal yeah yeah, yeah. That's a really good thing. I mean, you mentioned about headings and, and centering, not so much headings, but centering and left align and center align. So uh, I have somebody who occasionally writes for me, writes some of my content. Uh, and when he sends it to me, it's uh, he centers his headings and left aligns his paragraphs. And it drives me insane. I can't read it. I have to go and left align every heading before I can read that document. And I've asked him not to center them anymore. I said, I, it doesn't work for me. Uh, I've asked him to use styles so that I can work with it a little bit more quickly because um, I convert the Word document to a web page, my, my blog posts. So uh, I can put it into the blogging template in Word and I can upload it straight to my website without having to do it on the website. Yeah. Um, but that only works if styles are applied. Um, yeah. So, but, but yeah, the, the thing about centered headings, I've never understood. It doesn't work for me. It has to be rigid, lined up. It's funny, isn't it? Because many moons ago when um, I first went to sort of college and we were starting to learn word processing, the time we were word perfect, where you had to have the control symbol, yeah. control and B, to, and you typed in control and B to make it bold. <laughs> Those days, right? The, the fashion was a centered heading yeah. and um, you know you, you then did a, a sort of like a, a justified paragraph and then your next sent and that was how we were taught and you know that was kind of like the the way you know and it's it went back to you know the lady who taught me um she was like a, a, a 70 words a minute typist mm. touch typist on one of those massive great old typewriters none of these delicate little wireless keyboards we all use <laughs> but she would when we first got the word processors I remember her bang 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 on the keyboard but she taught us so it's interesting as well how we have changed our style of, of documentation have you found that d in in your clients as they've sort of grown or changed or you know that the, the styles have changed yeah i think as you say some a lot of people had that sort of historic this yeah. is how it should be done attitude but i think when you can present a document and say doesn't this look better you know if you do a comparison people can often say i don't know why but you're right Mm, that yeah. reads nicer that looks laid out better and I think it, it's just sort of helping people along a little bit yeah. but it is I mean it's interesting that um the layout that you would have on a, a website might be slightly different to the layout you would have on a powerpoint to a word yeah. document to a spreadsheet you know the a lot of the ruling is similar but not always exactly the same. Um, so it, it is, you know, you've got to adapt and adjust for the right medium. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And uh, Joe, we were talking before, before we even started recording about a webinar you're going to be delivering uh, yeah. sometime in October. And, and I was asking you if you'd done your slides and you were talking about the process you'd gone through to yeah. strip out. And um, one of the things with slides is we have a tendency to throw all the words on the slide. So yeah. what happens um, when I'm teaching PowerPoint, I often use this uh, something I learned on a course I did about slide design a long time ago. So when you read, I'll ask you the question, how do you read? Which of your senses do you use to read? Your eyes. Your eyes. Yeah. Do you use anything else? Oh. Do not use your ears. Do you not listen to the words what, as you read yeah. them? Yeah. So what happens when you've got a slide that's got two paragraphs of text on it, you're reading those paragraphs, you're listening to those words, and you're no longer paying attention to the presenter, which is what you were saying, you, you've got focused on the space yeah. and you've tuned out. So certainly in presentations, it's really important to make sure that your slides don't have too many words on them, because you lose your audience that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and that's the reason for it. That's the reason because they're they're co so concentrated on reading what's there that they've tuned you out. So, no, definitely. Um, and uh, somebody presenting just reading off a slide is is boring. It's yeah, not what you yeah. want. And as you say, you're reading it anyway, so you're reading at a different pace to them. Um, if they have two or three key words, then they can talk around that. You can see the words, so it. Yeah. Um, emphasizes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it means that you you're not competing with what they're saying. Yeah. I think um, quotes should be written in full. Yeah. Um, if you can get away with an image rather than actual words, so much better. Um, yeah. But there are obviously different parts of your brain, so sometimes a word and a picture strengthens that as well. Yeah. But great long sentences. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> and, and I think write it out for yourself, but then maybe just pick out the few key bits. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to make, I'm sorry if I'm going to make your life, just made your life harder. Jo. No, 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 no. Because I, I was saying earlier that, that what I've done is I've pulled together sort of loads and loads of different, because there are different elements of a presence the topic that I've delivered as 10 minute slots at, you know, networking. So I've pulled all of these together into one. I ended up with about 60 different slides. Now, the first thing to do was look at which of the slides were actually saying the same thing and, and strip out, you know, the duplicates. Yeah. Um, and then I'd pulled those down and then I'd started to look at, now that's a really dry slide. How can I use one of the PowerPoint, um, uh, you know the the insert shapes and and mm. that kind of stuff and the uh, and the clip art to make it some kind of interesting yeah. let's face it a webinar on gdpr we are talking a bit kind of dry even before you even think about putting words to paper <laughs> so oh, I, can I can think of lots of ways that you can use images i was asked to deliver to another company i worked with a charity and um, who had care staff um, and they had it, this was before gdpr but it was data protection uh, and i said i know nothing about data protection to the lady that asked me but i did all their 
office training she said yes but they'll listen to you better than they'll listen to me so please will you do it because I was the outside expert and she was the in-house nag about what they had to do so she gave me some information and I pulled it together so we use things like images of briefcases images of tables um, a filing cabinet picture those sorts of things and you have those on your slides and you have all your notes and your speaker's notes or printed next to you or you rehearse a lot and then you once you know it you don't need so many words Um, but yes you've got some key concepts that you're going to have to have on your slides yeah Um, so I've looked at how I can use things like um a Venn diagram because you can pull yeah. the chunks out and then you can just have the little word on the and at least they're not looking at 400 words yeah. and I, that sort of thing. <laughs> I was, was going to say, Joe, I know you can make a GDPR presentation interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it for me it feels really simple, but it's about getting that simplicity and very straightforward. You know, because when you're teaching a team something in terms of GDPR, they need to understand how to apply it in, and things like don't leave the filing cabinet open. And they they might not necessarily need to know the entire legal speak um, of what the, the full regulation is, just what it is, how it applies to them and what they can do to protect the data in their business so that's kind of where we're coming from and yeah, um, yeah I challenge you to get it down to 10 slides 10 for 90 mm-hmm. minutes goodness me <gasps> give it a try 10 slides <laughs> oh wow. there's a challenge Joe there's a challenge 10 slides. So what, are, what are your 10 key what are the 10 key things they need to know about GDPR and then you can just expand on them. So each of those yes, slides that is a challenge. Yeah, I, I know that is that that would be tough. I, I I I agree that that's tough, but I'm sure it's doable. So thank well, you, listeners, you, for bearing with us. <laughs> if you over challenge yourself, then you can always relax it a bit, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can end up with twenty then. <laughs> oh, yeah, generous. 15 split the split the difference split the difference yeah no i I, yes no that is it's a very valid challenge and and as i say i've um you know when i looked at the 60 of them i thought oh no i can't do that much but i all i already knew when i pulled all of these different presentations together as the starting point that the first thing to do is right there's two slides that are saying the same thing merge them delete what you don't want and then you've just lost sort of and in some cases I had three slides saying the same or similar point so it was merge and delete so it was amazing how quickly 60 went down to kind of I don't know I think I was about 30 the last time I looked at it So I I had kind of pulled it all back, but um, yeah, you you kind of get into the moment and then you have to go away and think about it, let it sit and then come back to it. But I've I've got a book, I've booked a um, a trial run through first. So yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. Always good feedback from that. So yeah, happy days. (laughs) New skills, learning new skills. Yeah. What, what, what else um, 
office wise do you offer any other services or is it or you just focus on the document management or document creation yes so uh i'm five and a half years in business um documents is what i love but uh, i did start as a more generalist ba um knew there were some bits that i didn't want to do some bits that i couldn't do <laughs> um but i worked um with companies doing other elements um but now it really is the focus is on documents and uh, i work with um a lot of as i say trainers and hr and um you know graphic designers who outsource to me um so that i can do the document at work um making templates so that it makes life easier for people um, yeah. or actually doing the documents for them yeah. um, right. do a bit of spreadsheet work uh, so uh, <laughs> what's, what's sort really of, what sort of look work do you not like doing uh, cold calling <laughs> oh, <definitely. laughs> <Straight away. laughs> having worked in a call center that's interesting <laughs> I did work in a call centre. We um, we were putting people into uh, conference calls, so uh, they were calling me. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I think um, cold calling uh, companies is actually not that bad because they expect it. I, you know, phoning phoning an individual is a different thing, but it, it's not my bag. It, it's not what I want to do. So um, yeah. that that's always been, you know, no, no. <laughs> But what I think is great about the VA world is that there is that full spectrum. Yeah. You know, there are people that want to do the traditional PA, diary management and email management stuff. There are bookkeeper specialists, there's social media specialists. Yeah. You know, you've got people that cover the whole range, which means that um, it's a great supportive community. There are a lot of people I know that do do the things that I don't want to do yeah. <laughs> so that I can, you know, connect uh, people that you know that want to do the things that the clients want so yeah I think that's great yeah uh, that's that's and I don't like to say no to a client but I, if I don't want to do it myself <laughs> I have I have people that can <laughs> yeah absolutely I think that's that's the thing that I've I've uh, in the, the the few years that I've been involved with the VA community that's the biggest thing it's such a supportive community and everybody helps each other out and even if you're paying somebody they're still helping you um because you you know keep your client happy which yeah. which is what we all want to do really that's that's all we all want to do well Dee, i think that's been a fascinating interview or chat really it wasn't an interview it was just a nice chat and listeners thank you very much for bearing with us and with me in particular jumping in and jumping out and answering the door and all that kind of stuff uh, my cleaner turned up that's what it was my husband had gone out we live in an apartment uh, and when he goes out and I'm shut in here with the door shut he locks the front door so that nobody walks in and catches me unawares uh, and so the cleaner turned up and she couldn't walk in so she was quickly buzzing the door thankfully you couldn't hear it so um so that was that was the episode that was so thank you very much for joining us Dee and uh all your details of how anybody can get in touch with you will go on the web page so if you have um if you haven't already sent us through your details please do because there may be many VAs out there who are in need of a document specialist whether that's word or powerpoint so it would be really helpful to be able to signpost them to you as well. Thank you. So thank you for coming. Welcome back, listeners. Now, wasn't that a great interview there with Dee Joe? It was such fun. Yep. <laughs>
and, and such useful tips around, you know, document layouts. And those are the kinds of tips we can all take forward in our business. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope you uh, didn't mind all the waffle and the in and out. My cleaner turned up in the middle. I had to go answer the door. That might have got edited out if Lisa uh, felt it was worthy of editing out, but it might have got left in. So if it's left in, I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed us flustered for a few minutes. But it, it was great. It was great listening. It was great for me chatting with another um, person who really likes PowerPoint and yeah. Word and the styling of things. So that was really good. And yes, um, these tips were really, really useful. You know, keep it simple and give yeah. people, you know, if you're laying out a proposal, what it's all about. And, mm. and we sometimes lose sight of that in the making things look fancy, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is easy to get sort of tied up with making it be fancy instead of um thinking who is this for it's not for you it's not to make it look beautiful for you it's to make the sale or to make the 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 training point across if it slides or, yeah. or whatever it is um and it's for the receiver not for the giver yeah absolutely absolutely and um you know i must plug my courses at this moment i have to say i don't do it in every episode but this episode lends itself to it because mm. we're talking about document uh we were talking about word and powerpoint and of course listeners as you know i have a series of online courses i have uh, several powerpoint courses i have one on just how to create infographics one on how to create your instagram posts and my flagship powerpoint course which is perfect powerpoint creation with over six hours of video tutorials in it and uh, i've been teaching elements of that at various webinars uh, over the last few months and the feedback I get from those particular topics because they're not so well known some of the things in there is my mind was blown that was yeah. amazing and yeah. you know it really you don't know what you don't know yeah and there's so much that you can do and also in word I have uh, working with style um which is you know, I've got one for Mac and one for Windows for that one. I've got fillable forms and I've got how to create ebooks and lead magnets. And all of those together kind of create most of what you need in Word. There is other stuff which will be coming in the next iteration of my plans. <gasps> so oh. I think I'm going to make an announcement, Joe. I didn't tell you this before. <laughs> Drum roll. Yeah, no. So I am working on a new online training academy. It's called MS Office Maestro. Um, so you can become uh, an MS Office Maestro. And it's going to have the content that we already have, but a lot more. In fact, some of it I'm going to redo from scratch because some of the programs have had updates. And I feel that I want to refresh the content, but it is going to be far more wide reaching than the current hub. And what is going to happen is all those who are currently in the hub will be grandfathered, grandmothered, ported across to the new school. So they will go into the MS Office Maestro and get all of that content. So it's really an idea that if you're thinking about getting other content, you know, want to improve your Microsoft skills, now would be a great time to join the hub because the MS Office Maestro site is going to launch in March at the PA show. 
Uh, I'm going to be at the PA show March the 8th and 9th next year. Hopefully there'll be no COVID stopping me and um, I'm going to launch it then and it will be more expensive. So to make sure that you're in on the ground and you want access to all of my current courses, go get the hub uh, and you will automatically come across to um, MS Office Maestro. I'm not getting rid of the hub, that will continue. It will have its place, um, but the MS Office Maestro is going to be different. It's gonna be based on levels. Um, so we'll have basic, intermediate, advanced or whatever I decide to call them. There you go. There's a there's a challenge for you listeners. What should I call my levels? If you're going to be an MS Office Maestro, should they be level one, level two and level three? Should they be basic, intermediate, advanced, gold, silver, bronze? What should they be? That's a struggle naming things, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that just goes into the bucket with Canva. Put a lid on it. <laughs> That's somebody else's bag. So that's my exciting announcement. Emma's office, office Maestro um, is it's going to be called, Ma oh, I can't remember the full title I've got. It's got its own title, Mastering Microsoft Office with, and become uh, for the savvy assistant. That's it. Master Microsoft Office for the savvy assistant, savvy. something like that. Um, see, I'm doing this off the cuff, but I just decided to. So uh, hopefully those of you who are still with us don't mind too much, but you know, you get all the value from our guests. So I think we can plug our services once in a while. Um, but yeah, it was great to, to chat with Dee about document layout, styling, branding. Um, and that point about brand being tone of voice as well as mm. colours and logos, I thought was very important too. Yeah, yeah, hugely. And it, and it is something that, you know, you may not think about, you know, I mean, my background branding pretty stuff the tone of voice all of that that was not relevant when you're writing a technical report no. you know it's just facts a happens b happens c happens and then you go into business and somebody says well actually you have to have a tone of voice and you just Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah all of those things so it, it's really helpful when somebody like d and and some of the other people we've talked about have have sort of helped to build your knowledge around what is a brand it's not just that beautiful logo that you know you've yeah. created in canva or had a designer or, or however you've done it um and and the consistency across everything that you do is really really important yeah very, very important. So when I, 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 as you know, listeners, I work with a copywriter uh, and he helps me with writing of my web pages, some of my newsletters, some of my blog posts, not everything, but some of it just takes the load off of me so that I can be creating great content to share with you. And, um, you know, we have, when we do work, we have a meeting and we have a chat and so that he can understand um, what it is that that I want to get across and the way I want it written. And tone of voice is very important. I want my stuff to be friendly, not too formal. Whereas if you're talking about analytical stuff or GDPR, that has already got a different kind of spin on it because yeah. one expects it to be a little bit more factual and a little bit more yeah. legal because it's a legal requirement. Whereas my stuff is yeah. unfriendly and esoteric because it's that's just the nature of it. I yeah. think, you know, we forget that sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. Right. we absolutely do. Okay, what's so, on for the rest of the day, Joe? 
what's on for the rest of the day um i've got some training sessions i'm a school governor so i've got some training sessions it's the um national governance associations conference this week so um some sessions that are pertinent to me i'm, I'm attending those this afternoon um i've got some work to get done for some clients um I was presented with a bucket load of sports kit this morning that apparently needs to be washed and dried ready for tomorrow um, for some sporting activity. Um, and then later I'm on the football run. Oh. Um, because so not my, a busy day then? No, my son plays for QPR Academy, so um, I am off to a football academy for the evening, Joy. Uh-huh. Yeah, you get your laptop. Um, I, well, I've got my tiny little uh, Microsoft Surface, and so I just take that, and I, I, I can't do anything with it, it. It's not a secure location. Yeah. But I can be doing things like my research on, um, you know, the web and and all of those making notes. But I can't actually do client work in public. Yeah. No, it's not that kind of environment. No, but, that, that's fine. But at least you can do something. Yes. You do something. Yeah. So uh, just a normal day. I think you should teach them to use the washing machine. We we have made some strides. Um, yes, I, I have some pink underwear now, which maybe <laughs> um, only their own stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But you see, the thing is that they just kind of scoop this bucket load of stuff in and threw it in without thinking that they should just so anyway i mean we are we are getting there and i can't complain they cook meals they they are now responsible for their own rooms and i saw one of them with a hoover in his hand the other day i did nearly want to have a lie down i have to say but anyway i've well waffled so sorry how about you, Shelley? What's your day? What's my day? Well, I'm actually going to um, take a break uh, for the next couple of hours um, because I'm delivering a webinar this afternoon for BookBoon on Microsoft Teams to coincide with my new second edition of the book that is going to be um, released soon. I haven't had the proof back yet. Um, I submitted it about three weeks ago when I wasn't very well, um, but I did manage to get it finished. And uh, they have to then send it back to me for review. So they make sure that I'm happy with whatever they've done because they lay it out slightly differently. And um, so I'm delivering that from about four. I I need to do a tech rehearsal uh, with them from about quarter to four my time, which is quarter to two your time. So I'm going to, I've actually decided that rather than sit here and bang away and do stuff, um, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to go and have lunch and just kind of, bit of a jigsaw um have a bit of a break um i'm i'm trying very hard to streamline the way that i work now and as i've got ms office maestro that is my big project that i was hoping to be working on through the summer and that didn't happen and then we've had september with all the jewish holidays so none of the weeks have been four weeks so it's been impossible to get my head into gear Uh, so i made the decision it will launch in march which gives me, once we get back from the States at the end of October, that gives me November, December, January to get the content recorded, edited, uploaded, and start on the marketing of it. So, uh, because nothing happens by itself, you know, you have yeah. to tell people about it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. You 
Yeah. So, and um, as I said earlier, all these details will be on the web page uh, for the podcast and you'll be able to get in touch. So if you are a VA or an EA or you work in a large organization, you're a PA and you're listening and you have a need for some specialist documentation creating uh, or some presentations doing, why not outsource them to be? And I'm sure it will be a great um, experience all round. And with that, I think we better really had stop waffling today. Yeah. It has been yeah. a waffly episode, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you're still with us, listeners, you deserve a medal. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. All the details on the webpage. Do comment on Virtually Amazing um, Facebook page. I would love to hear from you what you're loving about the podcast. Do you like us waffling so much? Do you like it? Would you prefer that we stuck to a more structured approach? Let us know, because we need to know these things to serve you better and we'll see you next week you have been listening to virtually amazing the podcast for virtual assistants with shelly fischel and joe brianti we will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode see you then